Welcome to the Tap Into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me. Today's topic is workplace fatigue and it's an area that is coming under even more scrutiny since the onset of COVID-19. Where organisations have always been concerned about workplace fatigue and they recognise it as a hazard with possible severe consequences, the pandemic is highlighting the rise in fatigue-related working conditions. Restructuring, shift compressions, longer work hours and higher demands are reducing hours of sleep and quality of sleep and increasing physical and mental wear and tear. Employees are at risk of mental burnout, physical injuries and impaired concentration levels that may lead to workplace accidents. For this podcast, I take a look at a recently revised chapter on workplace fatigue published as part of the core body of knowledge for generalist OHS professionals. This research is particularly useful because it looks at workplace fatigue through a risk management lens to outline the hazards and suggest appropriate controls. I also look at fatigue hazards associated with operating heavy mobile equipment, on-call work, the gig economy and flexible working times. Using the strategies suggested in the article and by taking a holistic physical and psychological perspective, organisations can adapt control measures to manage workplace fatigue. So let's start off with a definition of workplace fatigue. Workplace fatigue is defined as the decreased capability to perform mental or physical work produced as a function of inadequate sleep, circadian disruption or time on task. When managing workplace fatigue, it's essential to understand that fatigue and tiredness are not the same. People who deal with excessive daytime sleepiness are more likely to fall asleep while waiting in a waiting room, sitting in a meeting or in their vehicle. People who deal with fatigue don't generally fall asleep in these situations. However, they do struggle to get through normal daily activities. They may feel weary, weak, lack motivation, have issues with memory and productivity, have no interest in social situations and they can develop depressive thoughts. Fatigue is a consequence of around-the-clock operations, inconsistent work schedules and rapid or frequent time zone transitions. These working conditions often adversely affect internal circadian rhythms. The Sleep Health Foundation National Survey conducted in 2016, surveyed a 1,000 Australian adults and they found that 29% reported making errors at work because of sleepiness or trouble sleeping. 29% also reported driving drowsy in the previous month and 20% nodded off while they were driving. And finally, 5% had a motor vehicle accident in the past year because of drowsy driving. In other research published in 2019 that measures the level of mental fatigue of construction workers operating heavy mobile equipment, 
The results show that hazard detection skills reduce. This study finds that the more tired the operator becomes, the less likely they are to look in their rear vision mirror or around them. After one hour operating the machine, the operators have an increase in their hazard miss rate, false alarm rate, and reaction time by over 40%. After only 36 minutes operating the machine, their ability to detect hazards drops by 30% compared to what they found when they first sat down. These results show that after half an hour of operating heavy mobile equipment, workers are only noticing 70% of the hazards around them. While operating equipment, mental fatigue makes workers reluctant to pay more attention to the edges of their direct vision. After 36 minutes, they begin to look at only what is directly in front of them. They fail to look in their rear vision mirrors or to the sides of the machine because these actions require additional head movements. Operators are reluctant to use the extra effort to scan the whole of their surroundings. Mental fatigue makes it difficult for operators to quickly detect potential peripheral hazards. When operators experience workplace fatigue, they're more likely to quickly glance at their surroundings rather than directly observe hazards surrounding their equipment. This behaviour can lead to missing hazards and a decrease in response times to risks of collision or rolling. One work arrangement that impacts fatigue is on-call work, and it's been shown to interrupt sleep and therefore lead to impairment. It's taxing to our psychological health. These work arrangements require employees to be available on an as-needed basis, generally after hours and at night, or in an emergency response scenario. Often on-call periods are scheduled over and above an employee's normal work hours and can flow into the next day's working hours. Because of the extended work period of on-call arrangements, they have the potential to limit recovery time between shifts, resulting in long working hours and disrupted sleep, all of which increases workplace fatigue. On-call work can disrupt sleep even when a call to attend doesn't occur because the employee simply can't switch off. On-call work can lead to impaired mood, clinical decision regret, increased errors and near misses. There's an increased risk of psychological health problems including depression and anxiety and also physical health may be affected including issues with hearing, skin problems, back pain, muscular pain, headache, eye fatigue and abdominal pain. Employers who are on call may experience sleep inertia which is a period of grogginess and impaired performance for up to 30 minutes after waking. Sleep inertia is a significant safety concern for on-call workers who may be required to perform time or safety critical tasks immediately upon waking. Therefore, it's important to provide adequate waking time before performing high-risk tasks. Now, there's a lot of research that says on-call work simply increases workplace fatigue. But interestingly, new research is suggesting that for some on-call workers, they report an adrenaline burst upon waking that helps them to immediately perform. 
In a recent study, on-call workers created a stressful experience upon waking to help to reduce their sleep inertia and to stimulate adrenaline. In this case, they tested using a minor finger prick blood draw. The effect was an immediate increase in alertness. However, using such a strategy is unlikely to appeal to most people. What do you think? The gig economy also operates on an as-needed basis and working hours and times can vary. Examples of gig workers include Uber drivers, fast food delivery drivers and parcel delivery drivers. Now research has shown that those who drive for work in the gig economy report increased fatigue, high physical and mental demand, long work hours and often work at night. The results of the research show that 16% report feeling so fatigued that they struggle to remain awake while driving. 42% have been involved in an accident involving vehicle damage and 10% have had an accident where someone has been hurt. Now one strategy that you can use to reduce the risk of workplace fatigue in your employees is flexible working times. Now the COVID-19 induced flexible working hours and times are actually providing employees with options that they haven't had in the past. They can now work from home and outside of traditional workplace environments. They can also choose the hours that they work each day. For some, the added flexibility is a benefit and helps to negotiate around family and personal needs. While there are positive outcomes associated with flexible working time, these arrangements may also limit opportunities for rest and recovery between work periods. And sometimes they result in workers feeling unable to disconnect from work. So if you're using flexible working times with your employees, you need to monitor the hours that they're working. Many companies are implementing a formal fatigue management program and use fatigue risk management systems. These systems monitor breaks between shifts to ensure employees are getting sufficient sleep and are monitored for fatigue-related issues including sleep disorders. The system monitors the controls to minimise the impact of fatigue-related errors that occur and how procedures are periodically assessed to ensure their effectiveness. Where an organisation has an established fatigue risk management system, the role of the health and safety professional is to promote and monitor adherence. They can achieve this through regular workshops, distribution of materials, and by encouraging and facilitating open and routine discussions about fatigue. If your company doesn't have an established fatigue risk management system, you can conduct a risk assessment and develop policies and procedures about your approach to workplace fatigue management. Training sessions, materials and open discussions about the causes, consequences and experience of fatigue are very important to support your efforts to address workplace fatigue as a hazard. Open communication and formal training about fatigue are two of the best ways to create a supportive safety culture in which fatigue can be effectively managed as a safety hazard. And not only should you monitor working hours and breaks between shifts, but you should also understand the behavioural symptoms of fatigue. Symptoms include reduced alertness, a lack of energy, an inability to concentrate and impaired mood. 
If you have a fatigue-related incident, you must investigate it, analyse it and report it. From here, you have an opportunity to examine your fatigue risk management controls and further refine or reinforce them. In summary, workplace fatigue is a critical safety and mental health hazard and organisations need to address the risk as part of their work health and safety obligations. One way to do this is to use a risk management framework to monitor the hours worked and the time between shifts. You should also understand the behavioural symptoms of fatigue, including reduced alertness, a lack of energy, and inability to concentrate and impaired mood. And if you do have a fatigue-related incident, you must investigate, analyse and report it. From here, you have an opportunity to examine your fatigue risk management controls and refine and reinforce them. Open communication and formal training about fatigue are two of the best ways to create a supportive safety culture in which fatigue can be effectively managed as a safety hazard. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics, or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.